It's the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. That's me. We have a special Independence Day edition, or at least the 4th of July holiday edition around these parts. Today, I have the privilege of talking to Coach Joe Kennedy. He's the assistant football coach at Bremerton High School in Washington State, who was fired in 2015 for praying on the field after football games. Now, at first, Coach Kennedy would offer a prayer of thanks for no injuries with all comers. That was members of the teams who had just played and parents and hangers-on and anyone who just wanted to simply say thanks. Then eventually, after the prayers were noticed by people who, now check this out, liked them, the school told the coach, I'm sorry, you can't do that anymore. So after being told he could not do a group prayer because it would be some sort of coercion, the coach did his own short private prayer on the sidelines after the games. And by himself, remember, when everyone else was singing the fight song or checking messages on their cell phones or hitting the loo. And then after three times of that, the career Marine Corps coach was summarily fired. The district's rationale changed over the nearly seven years of litigation after firing the coach, and they eventually landed on um, a theory that the by not firing the coach, they were endorsing the establishment of a religion by not firing him. And it was as ridiculous as it sounds, but a lot has happened in the few short days since the Supreme Court issued its total exoneration of the coach in this what is a watershed case for religious liberty in government spaces. We've seen stories now appear, such as the one in the Seattle Times and L.A. Times, I think it was, and elsewhere, that the coach's legal argument, the people who made the arguments, lied somehow about the circumstances of the case. No, this is really showing up because they have nothing left. They've litigated it for seven years, but now the coach is lying? Mm, I don't think so, folks. Anywhere, anyway, <laughs> somehow someone was playing fast and loose with the facts. And the reason they have sort of carte blanche to begin that is because they read the dissent of the decision written by Judge Justice Gorsuch. And the dissent was written by Justice Sonia Sotomayor on behalf of Elena Kagan, who's smart enough to know better. And let's see, who else? Uh, Ah, yes, uh, Justice Breyer. Shame on you, Justice Breyer, in her dissent. And then she claimed in her dissent that the previous after-game prayers with kids and parents were part of the record of this case, and they never were. They were not. I think they came back, said, you know what, we're doing it based on the three prayers that he conducted subsequent to the school saying, hey, man, you got to cut that out. But he was fired from his job for the three short prayers he did all by himself. Indeed, as Justice Gorsuch says in the decision and the recitation of the facts of the syllabus, that Kennedy was fired after his private prayers, three of them. And I spoke with Coach Joe Kennedy and his attorney, Jeremy Dice, of First Liberty Institute, all about it. First Liberty, that's freedom of speech, freedom of religion and expressing one's religion, freedom of the press, freedom of assembly, lots of stuff in there. And we talked about it all with Coach Kennedy and his attorney, Jeremy Dice. Enjoy the interview. 
Jeremy Dice is the advocate for Coach Kennedy. And Coach Kennedy, welcome. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. I want to get to the case itself, but I did want to mention the fact that one of your advocates in the oral arguments of the Supreme Court was summarily fired from his or asked to leave from his uh, law firm. Uh, Did this have anything to do with this case or was it just the gun case? No, no, I think it was just a different case. And yeah, it's, it's a rough situation for our friend Paul Clement. Uh, he's a he's a pro, just an amazing guy. Well, anyway, about the Coach Kennedy case, uh, Coach Kennedy, thank you so much for coming on, and I really appreciate you spending some time here. Tell me what it has been like since you got news from the Supreme Court that you'd won the case. Well, at first it was absolute chaos. You know, your brain goes into hyperdrive, and sometimes it flatlines, and <laughs> I, I had absolutely no idea what any of it meant. And as the day went on, I only thing I knew was that we won, but I didn't know any of the details. So it was a very fast learning curve for me. And then trying to keep up with the social media and talking to everybody and thanking everybody. It was absolutely just crazy and trying to get the word out as much as possible. So yeah, the craziest thing I've ever been through. I'll bet it is. Now, Jeremy Dyes, the attorney involved with uh, First Liberty. Well, what does it mean? Coach Kennedy brings up an excellent question. Yeah, no, I, I think the the decision on Monday means that no one is going to be fired from their job or should be fired from their job simply because they engage in a private act of religious expression of some sort for 15 to 20 seconds, right? That uh, that nobody has to make the choice between uh, the job that they love and the faith that they, they hold dearly to. So it's really opened the schoolhouse gates to allow teachers and coaches to carry their constitutional rights right through them. Uh, and I, I think it's important for us to remember what Justice Gorsuch said here, that that we need to show respect for people of faith. Uh, we respect religious freedom in this country. And when we do so, we have a much more inclusive and diverse society in the process. So uh, I, I think it's a great win for uh, not just Coach Kennedy. Uh, he, he's to be thanked for, for bearing the battle for almost seven years. But it's a great victory for people of faith across the country, especially our teachers, teachers and coaches and school personnel. Mm-hmm. And Coach Kennedy, your reputation has taken a hit as a result of this lawsuit and going all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Can you tell me about what has happened personally to you following the beginning and on today? Yeah, at the beginning of everything, you know, I was living this. I assumed it was a perfect life. I, I was doing what I loved. Um, everything was just fine in you know, it was a happy family for me. Well, when the school got involved, it became absolutely, um, I, no easy way to say it. it. It seemed like I was in hell because my kids were at the school. I just lost uh, my entire football team, something that I just absolutely loved doing. It was my calling. Um, the Marine in me wanted to fight everybody. And then, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, struggling with that to I can't there's nobody I could fight I I can't defend myself against this so having to rely on other people like First Liberty and Jeremy and everybody else to to help me navigate through this and my wife she was a um or she was the HR director for the school district oh wow yeah so you can imagine what our home life was like and I didn't know if our marriage was going to make it Um, We lost a lot of friends along the way just because of misunderstandings and people with closed minds. 
But I found my faith a lot stronger. My marriage is much stronger. Um, my relationships with my former teams has grown really strong because, I mean, that's the families and, and the kids that I helped raise. And throughout that, I've learned a lot about myself and, and relying on other people and just so thankful that God and every supporter around me, I mean, which is millions of people, it's it's made it bearable. So I'm so glad that we we stuck it out and everybody was on my side and we all made it to the finish line together. It is pretty remarkable. People were praying for you and rooting for you. Your case was called out in the dissent, and Justice Sonia Sotomayor decided to take a hit at you. How did that play uh, in your personal life? This wasn't exactly as it seemed in this case. And Coach Kennedy, how does that make you feel? Um, I, I didn't understand where she was getting her facts from. She was listening to, uh, my guess is just the other side in, in these made-up stories that they were saying and you know i'm going off the facts of the case of what the school district said their investigations the depositions that we had and everything she said didn't seem to line up with that so i don't know if i i really don't know what she was thinking or believing at that point because it was obviously not what the other justices saw and it wasn't the facts of the case so Everybody's allowed to their own opinion, but they're not allowed to, for, you know, to change the facts. The facts are what they are. She definitely did have a different storyline. A different narrative appears, as she said. Right. And which was interesting. They made, she made it sound like these poor kids were being traumatized by me. And, you know, that was part of the investigation. There was never any... Yeah, the school district itself yeah. said in their at the end of their investigation that there's no evidence that any student's ever been coerced by Coach Kennedy to engage in prayer. Uh, and look, when he was asked to stop doing any kind of religious activity with the students, that was September 17, I think, of 2015. Uh, he said, fine. He made a decision that day. I, I'm not going to pray with the kids. We're not going to do religious activity with them at all. I just want to go back to what I started doing by myself, which is that 15 minutes of private prayer by himself at the 50-yard line. And the Supreme Court, and eventually the, uh, the the school district fired him for doing that very thing. So this case really comes down to just that issue. But there is this desire amongst the dissent, apparently, to want to kind of marry on the facts that he stopped doing years before or months before he was fired. So uh, Coach is, is, is eager now to get back on that field. And with this complete victory, we're just sitting here waiting for the call to find out when he's got to show back up for practice with his team. And the people who do not like the coach or whatever he was doing now want to come at him and, well, just try to take away from the victory, I guess. There's got to be something dirty about it, right? Uh, who knows? But look, this is a big enough country for us to disagree with one another and still call each other one, uh, call each other Americans. And we'll, uh, we'll love each other as we uh, celebrate the 4th of July this weekend and fight to those who think that uh, our brand of freedom ought to leave the planet Earth. So the good news is, is that uh, the First Amendment today, because Coach Kennedy stood up for his rights, is stronger than it was a week ago. And we head into the 4th of July this weekend. We've got all the more reason to celebrate because Coach Kennedy put up with the fireworks for the last seven years. Yeah. Uh, tell us about the differences in free speech, 
free exercise and the Establishment Clause going forward than before this case? Well, thanks for asking the legal nerd question, because that, that's a great part of this, deci- this gush- decision, because the, 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 the school districts around the country have really been using the Establishment Clause as a way to suppress religious speech of any kind when it came on campus. Uh, and, and the Supreme Court on Monday put a stop to that. Uh, they said that, yeah, the Establishment Clause exists, but you're, you're not using it right. That's meant to protect people like Coach Kennedy, meant to protect churches from being overrun by the heavy hand of the state. Well, here you have an individual who's been overrun by the heavy hand of the state. And, and Justice Gorsuch said you have to respect his free exercise rights and his free speech rights. And for failing to do that, you've now violated this Constitution, the First Amendment, twice by denying him free exercise rights and his free speech rights. And on top of all that, you fired him for engaging in religious activity, and that's a civil rights violation. So the only bad actor in this entire situation has been the school district and not uh, Coach Kennedy. Coach Kennedy, according to the Supreme Court, did nothing wrong whatsoever. Uh, and so it's a good message to, to school districts and state agencies around the country to remember that we are a better and more inclusive and diverse society when we welcome religion into the public square, when we allow uh, re- uh, people who are of faith, who are teachers or coaches, to, to walk through the schoolhouse gates without having to shed their constitutional rights before they do, uh, that we, we don't have to have teachers and coaches afraid that they might be fired because they come to school after Ash Wednesday with a sign of the cross on their forehead or they um, have a, a hijab on their head or perhaps they just say grace over their, their lunch in the the cafeteria. Those are all private acts of religious expression, according to Justice Gorsuch, that are worthy of our respect and protection. Mm -hmm. The Seattle Times today printed a story as an op-ed that talked about the uh, change of detail of the story. Gorsuch, in his decision, also talked about the change of narrative in this story, in the the narration of the facts of this case. Um, Why so much conflict? That's a great question. I mean, that's really better a question for the school district's attorneys. Uh, Maybe they just made a decision early on that uh, they didn't like the facts that uh, were in reality and knew that they were going to lose eventually if those were actually true. And perhaps they decided to present a different version of the facts that they thought they might win on. But at the end of the day, the justices read the entire record. They understood what really happened here and said that Coach Kennedy was uh, doing nothing wrong and the school district engaged in discrimination. Coach Kennedy, do you really want to go back to Bremerton High? I absolutely do. I I feel like um, I have unfinished business there when you leave by being fired and or, you know, for discipline reasons. You feel like it wasn't on your own terms. So um, I do want to go back to Bremerton. My whole entire family's there. Um, our four kids, um, our grandkids, my mom and dad, all my foster family, parents, uh, everybody is there. And all my friends, um, that's our home. We're just down in Florida for a for a very temporary uh, season. And now it looks like We'll see what the next season brings. And I got to imagine that the school district is eager to have one of their former alums, their proud alum on the field with them very soon. So we're just waiting to see when the school district's attorneys are going to advise them that they have to follow the, the directives of the Supreme Court of the United States. So, you know, the phone's right here. We're just waiting for the call to find out when he's got to show up for two-a-days. <laughs> Do you think they will? 
Well, I don't think they have any choice. Look, they, they can decide not to follow the Supreme Court's directive, I, I guess, and, and just to choose to defy the Supreme Court's direction here. But Coach Kennedy won, and the only relief he ever sought in this case from the very beginning was that he be reinstated as the football coach of Bremerton High School and the freedom to, when he is a coach, be able to take a knee in private prayer for 15 seconds or so after the games that he coaches. So now's the time to move forward and uh, you know bring their, 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 their favored son back to Bremerton. That was a directive in this case that he get his job back. Well, the court issued the court reversed the entire case. So the Ninth Circuit, right. they reversed that decision. They reversed the bad decision of the district court. And they said Coach Kennedy is entitled to summary judgment, which means he he won the case completely. There's nothing left to be done here. Well, I guess except to to pay the attorney's fees for Coach Kennedy, which is going to be sizable. But uh, the only other thing to be done is to to uh, issue the relief that he pled for. And he asked the relief to be a coach again and be able to pray after the game. So that's it. The, ga- the, the case is over. Coach Kennedy won. Now we just need to find out when he needs to report to, to coach his team. The dissent said by uh, uh, Justice Sotomayor that today's decision for your client, for you, Coach Kennedy, was misguided. Because it elevates the religious rights of a school official who voluntarily accepted public employment and the limits that public employment entails over those of his students who are required to attend school and who this court has long recognized are particularly vulnerable. Um, the individual rights of, an, of a person, a coach here, over the collective rights not to be offended is basically what that says. Well, and they're just they're just they're just simply wrong on this point, right? I mean that the Supreme Court has been abundantly clear multiple times in the last uh, five six decades that it could hardly be argued. That's a direct quote from one of the cases way back in 1969. That it could hardly be argued that the unmistakable holding of this court is that either students or teachers have to shed their constitutional rights when they walk through the schoolhouse gate. So we know that students can engage their religious beliefs, whether that's taking a knee in prayer after a football game or uh, talking about their faith in a class assignment or in a class discussion in the hallways, the, the lunchroom, all those places. We know that students can do that with no problem whatsoever. But now we know for certain that so can coaches and teachers, and, and that's perfectly acceptable, that we have to show respect for the re- religious expression of, uh, of people like Coach Kennedy, whether that's taking a knee in private prayer or wearing a crucifix around one's neck. That, that's no problem under the Constitution. What you can't do is, is say that because students can see you engaged in this private religious expression, you have to be fired. And when you fire someone like that, you're the one that engages in discrimination. You're the one that violates the First Amendment, not once, but twice. Is this a watershed decision? Absolutely. Look, people will be talking about Coach Kennedy's case for decades to come. My grandchildren will be benefiting from Coach Kennedy's case in the future here. We are today more free than when we woke up Monday morning. Thanks, both of you, for coming on the Adult in the Room podcast. Coach Kennedy, I'll probably see you on the sidelines. Yeah, that's great. Hey, maybe you could call the school district and see if they want to be good sportsmen and uh, give me a call. That'd be great. I might do that. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy Dice, thanks again. And for all your work at First Liberty, you guys are real rock stars. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Adult in the Room podcast. To keep the programs you like to listen to, please rate this podcast with a fantastic five stars on your Apple podcast app. 
every time you listen and give me a great review. Plus, of course, subscribe to the podcast. It makes a difference with the big tech algorithm and the big tech oligarchs, and it makes us easier to find. Please get in touch with me on all the big tech stuff. Yeah, we're still there. Using the names Victoria Taft or the Adult in the Room podcast on MeWe, Parlor, Minds, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks to 1A Cast for imaging, editing, and production. The fantastic song is Gospel by the March 4th Band of Portland, Oregon. Music for Antifa versus Mike Strickland is Ride or Die by Raps by RC. The Adult in the Room podcast is also a production of Flamingo Road Studios. Remember, head up, heart out, and strive to be the adult in the room. Till next time, mischief managed.